Hello and welcome to this special edition of Around the Ladder podcast. I'm your guest host, Mike McKay, the Executive Director of the UT Alumni Association, sitting in for Ronnie Bowling. Today I'm joined with Dr. Mike Stewart, the W.J. Julian Professor of Bands here at the University of Tennessee. And today we're discussing the Pride of the Southlands upcoming trip across the pond this summer to London. Dr. Stewart, you got a couple of special guests with you today. Who have you brought along? Yeah, hello, Mike. It's great to be here and appreciate the opportunity once again to be back. And uh, we've got a couple of special guests here with us in the podcast. And uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce Dr. Graham Jones, who is the uh, the president of London Band Week. Hi, Mike. Good to see you. Good to have you here. And also we have Joe Wyndham, who is the CEO of London Band Week with us. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Excellent. Well, Joe Wyndham, I think you've got one of my favorite nicknames. I believe you go by London Joe. Yeah, I somehow inherited that from from Mike. I've been nicknamed uh, London Joe. I've been called far worse. Excellent. So uh, London Joe seems to have stuck. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy for that title. Well, Mike, we may have to battle it out for Knoxville Mike, given we're both yeah. here in Knoxville. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, London Joe has stuck, and all of the students seem to know him as London Joe at this point. So it's it's there. Excellent. Well, Dr. Jones, maybe just give us a little bit of idea about your background what you do, how you got involved with London Band Week, and then we'll throw it over to London Joe to hear the same. Okay, well, London Band Week, uh, I became involved in that through through Joe and the team through an organization called uh, Brentwood uh, Imperial uh, Youth Band. Uh, my career, I spent my time in the military, and I became the director of music of the Coldstream Guards and the senior director of music of the Household Division. What does all that mean? Mm. Now, what it means is that I was responsible for all the state ceremonial music that happens in London. So everything that you would see on your television, uh, for example, um, the royal funeral that happened and coronation coming up, all the planning for that, I would have been involved in that when I served. I I retired from the military uh, 10 years ago and started a second career. And my second career was coming over here to the United States and uh, getting involved with various universities and uh, colleges uh, as guest conductor and doing all those wonderful things. But now uh, I'm enjoying myself as a lecturer. Uh, So I'm on the UK lecture circuit for the Art Society in the UK and also helping Joe uh, with being the president of uh, the wonderful London International Band Week. Excellent. Thank you. Joe, how about your story? Oh, I come from a a community banding background. So my my father started a marching band back in 1990 uh, to share a hobby with my brother and I. Um, Mum said she would divorce him. He retired early from business, and Mum said she would divorce him unless he got a hobby. And uh, we started a marching band, and um, it was quite a, 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 a quick uh, a trajectory to, to, to what we would measure as success. So, for, for example, starting from scratch, we did our first Rose Parade within six years. Um, and, and, and that's become a way of life for my, for my family. As I say, it's a community band. It's a, uh, what you would call a, a, a non-profit type organization. Um, and for the last 30 years, we've taken the band around the world. Uh, but became very conscious in the last 10 years that there was a, uh, a lack of a performance opportunity for our own band to be able to perform in our own our own city. And that was kind of really the, uh, the start of finding out, toying with the idea of what London Band Week could and should be. Uh, and that's, that's where it all began from back there. Excellent. Dr. Sear, I'd like to ask you, you know, international travel, of course, is very important, I think, in the student experience. You know, why London? Why now? 
Um, what are your future thoughts on international travel for the Pride of Southland? Yeah, sure. It's a great question. I, you know, for me being this is my 16th year here with with the Pride of Southland band and here at UT and. Uh, first year as the director of the Pride. And so one of the goals that I had for for this band is exposure. Exposure that uh, not just here in Knoxville and, and in the state of Tennessee, but also international exposure and getting uh, Rocky Top uh, to the rest of the world, so to speak. And, you know, with that, there's a couple of great benefits of international travel, one of which is, uh, and maybe the most important, is that our, our kids get to see a different culture, a different way of doing things, a different way of, of living. Uh, that they may never get to see again. Uh, and then also, of course, the other part of that is us to be ambassadors of the University of Tennessee so that we can we can share with other parts of the world uh, what our, you know, how amazing our students are and how great this band is. So I, I think with that in mind, uh, my goals moving down the road are to do international travel or a big performance about every four years so that every cycle of students gets at least one opportunity to to get to travel and and uh, to play around the world, and London was a natural fit. I think part of it for this first for this first trip uh, under my watch is to go to a culture that I felt could easily uh, be assimilated. We could easily fit into the communication aspect of it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of familiar things there with going to England uh, as opposed to going to another European or Asian country. Uh, you know, for instance, so. You know, for us, London was a natural fit. It was something that was already in my head before I even got the position. I was kind of thinking about what does the band need to do to take that next step. Uh, and then, of course, at our Midwest conference in December, we ran into uh, to Joe in Chicago. And it was the timing was perfect. It was something we needed to do right away. I wanted to do it the first year as a director. And uh, they were able to jump in and really kind of point us in the right direction. It's a great fit. We love working with London Band Week. It's, it's a band family. Uh, you know they they speak the language so to speak um, they know a lot of the a lot of the questions concerns that we have before we even bring them up and so that makes it much more special to me that we're able to fit into their little community as opposed to going with just another travel agency Mike I like the way that you mentioned there about the uh, language okay. you know the commonality of language and I'd like to say actually we're two nations separated by a common language you know, and uh, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm personally delighted because I think we're talking about the language and the music family, the band family, uh, and it's really, really important uh, for students to have international travel to see other students who do exactly the same, but they do it slightly differently. And there's so much to be gained from that. And of course, London is such a wonderful historic town and city and there's so many wonderful things for them to see and do it's not all just about performance it's that whole cultural experience that will i'm i guarantee you that that these guys in this band will never ever forget their week in london uh -huh. I, I like to agree more i like the way that you say little community yeah. and uh <laughs> i think um you know, our researchers have been have been looking into this, and, um, and we're very confident that the the volunteers will be the largest marching band that's ever played London 
a beast compared yeah. to anything else there. But that, and, then, and to pick up on Graham says about band family. So even though you come from across the pond and you, and, and and you're gigantic, there is still this 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 this. Um, when when we look at Tennessee from 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 our perspective, and we almost like you're a big sort of multinational corporation, you're this big giant. What we've l- fallen in love with you guys about is straight away that you've got this this this. DNA that you have in common with us, and that's band family, and mm-hmm. uh, and we've seen that over the last year working with the organisation. That despite the logistics and the scale and, and everything, right down deep, deep down, it's that that DNA of band family, which is which is what we share, which is kind of what unites us, which is why we're so confident you're going to be probably the one of the one of the biggest things that's happened in London marching band scene for for quite some time. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the wonderful things is that. Uh, you know, getting to know Mike and getting to know this wonderful community of musicians here at the college uh, is invigorating us to to work to make this the best experience that it can be. It's a logistical nightmare, but it's one that's a challenge. Me being you know a, a retired colonel, I like a challenge like that. So I'm I'm up for that game, which is which is good. But it's a, an opportunity to take this band family connect with other musicians from the UK and also take them to some wonderful iconic places mm-hmm. I mean I'm just looking forward and it's going to be absolutely awesome on the day that we parade the band uh, through incredibly Hampton Court the home of Henry VIII 400 years old and we're going to have the marching band coming through. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Absolutely awesome. And that's just one event of the week. That, that's so exciting to hear. Like, I think the memories like that for not only the students, um, they'll be participating. But of course, we'll have some alumni and uh, uh, supporters of the Pride of the Southland band in attendance as well. And I know that's going to be a real highlight of their trip. Um, maybe London Joe, what are some other things that the students can expect, the, the Pride of the Southland members can expect on their tour through London during London Band Week. Absolutely. So there's one of of the big things for us is community and culture. So I think one of the most important things about being a tourist is to, when you visit another city or another country, is to try to not be in a bubble, to try and really um, meet the people and, 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 and share the experiences that really are representative of the country rather than what's that first offering that the, that the locals sell to sell to tourists so we're going to pop that bubble straight away and um and and and, and as, as graham alluded to the, the the band will be performing alongside fellow um, uk musicians and, and we don't necessarily mean oh they were number one in the parade and we were number 20 in the parade and that means they work together we really mean working together so there'll be you know, music workshops and clinics and rehearsals going on to produce things like the london tattoo so this sort of the end result of a, of a performance is actually just representative of a, a day's hard work that's gone on where um, people will be um, um, you know socializing and, and and working together and that will be a fantastic opportunity i think there's also lots of community and culture stuff to do so away from performance we're going to do some some stuff where the uh, the bands can interact with each other, um, not necessarily in uniform or with a performance deadline, um, just to build those build those connections and, and, and bring people together. It's also very interesting, Joe, because we were saying about bands and the togetherness, which is important. But we have, uh, and they're very very excited about this. We've got the Royal Marines band are taking part, so the Southlands band are going to be performing alongside 
the Royal Marines Band. Now, I think that's an exciting opportunity, but equally, the Royal Marines Band are so excited that they're going to be performing alongside the Southlands Band. So, I mean, that's going to be great. And, you know, I've got loads of uh, thoughts of how we can uh, grow that relationship uh, during, during that particular week. Let me just go back to Hampton Court. Just imagine the look and expression on the face of these tourists when they see the wonderful sight of the Southlands Band there. It's going to be incredible. That's, that is. I, I totally agree. They're incredible experience. And I know in, in talking with uh, Dr. Stewart and Brian Hardy, you know, there's a lot of prestige around participating in this event. I know we touched on a little bit London Joe at the start, but I'd love to hear maybe just how London Band Week came to fruition, the idea that, that you all had to, to bring it together and invite bands from all over the, the world to participate. So I think lots of the, lots of the, the pride of the Southland would be familiar with the band bus. And, and the band bus journeys that you have to, to go on as a uh, as a marching band and and lots of our good ideas come about from the band bus journey home and uh, it's typically when there's a, a different sort of um, it's after the event so everyone's a little bit more relaxed and it's often the wash up or the, the sort of the post event sort of conversation of what worked well and what didn't and it was with um, uh, Colonel Jones that we were flying home with the band from Moscow we had played 11 nights on Red Square um, supporting the Kremlin tattoo back in the day not sure we'll be doing that again anytime soon um, um, and we, you know, we had this general frustration of um, it was our second visit to Moscow. We'd done the Rose Parade twice. We toured Western Canada, and um, it was it was at this moment that we had this conversation about well, what could we do in London, and what's the art of the possible, um, and and how we could produce something, and who's got the time and the resources. Um, so my brother is the director of the of, of the youth band that my, my 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 father founded, and I'm I'm the sort of unfortunate middle son uh, that is unfavoured by anybody, and uh, it was kind of all eyes upon me to say well oh, joe yeah. you're the spare I, exactly <laughs> yes that sounds familiar i have to uh, that book's not on my reading list but we'll, we'll, we'll dodge that one as well so that's off message um <laughs> the um yeah so so it, it kind of fell to me to 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 go away and put a production hat on and, and figure out how we, we could make that work and it was about drawing back on our 30 years of experience and so when when um, dr stewart refers to we can answer the questions that he's already got in his head is because we've been there you know so we the rose parade's fantastic but it's it all, was a real desire by the sorry joe it was a real desire uh to say why can't we create something in london that has never been seen before that's something that's completely different it's okay going to places around the world to perform at other events but why hasn't london got that kind of event and it doesn't have it does now and, and it has to be representative of our our marching band culture, our heritage, and our traditions. So we want we want the uh, uh, the the the, uh, the pride of the Southland to come over and, and be who you are and bring your excellence and your your own tradition and and be you. But at the same time, whilst you play London Band Week, you're being exposed to events like the Tattoo or the Palace Parade Review that actually dips your toe in the water of what the marching band scene is like in the United Kingdom from from our perspective and I think that's the great that's the great compliment of how we can do that and when we build those events we simply just went back 30 years of experience cherry picking what works and what doesn't work and what we've enjoyed most and what we've particularly hated and sort of built it that way around and I think 
I think marching bands have have things in common, right? It's kind of we all have the same experiences of 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 of, of what's nice and what isn't, and um, we have the luxury because we're starting uh, starting out. We can we can build it exactly how we want it to be, which is um, which is what we've done. I think, Mike, one of the one of the wonderful things about this is that with the Southlands band coming to London, London, as we talked about, Mike, is um, London is a multicultural organized um you know city and the southlands band are going to bring another layer of culture and and we are desperate for the southlands band to be who they are and but to uh, uh, to be like a sponge and to to really soak up the culture that they're coming to and we're going to try and expand on that as much as we can so that they can really enjoy the experience of togetherness through music and I know, like we mentioned, this is a, a phenomenal event, and we've got folks coming in from all over the world. Maybe tell us about some of the other bands that are participating, where they're coming from, and what other uh, people that might actually be in London can expect. For sure. So Colonel Jones mentioned that we have His Majesty's uh, Royal Marines Band Service uh, taking part. So Commando Training Center Royal Marines. Um, they wear um, uh, white white helmets they are the sort of military music for for the royal navy um personally they are my favorite military band anyway as a, as a small child i my father used to take me to horse guards parade to watch beating retreat and uh they're, they're just fantastic they're they're, they're iconic so we're, we're absolutely thrilled to, to 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 have them taking part and we're already working on ideas on how elements of their show can can work together with um the pride of the southland I, the, I find it unbelievable that joe can sit here and say that his favorite band in the whole world is her majesty's royal <laughs> marines <laughs> when he's got with him the former senior director of music of the royal household oh. the army band Right? There's a slight difference there. So what, thanks for that, Joe. Well, there's witnesses. You can't hit me anymore in front of people. So we're, we're okay. Exactly. No, but it's great. And I, actually, to, to be honest, I think it's a, very much the same as here in the, well, in DC, for example, where you've got the President's Own, Pershing's Own, the Navy Band. And we were talking uh, this morning over the wonderful breakfast that we had. I love American breakfast. Coffee. Oh. Right. Anyway, so uh, we had a, a wonderful time talking about this. And at the moment, Mike, if you don't mind me saying, oh. believes that the, the Navy band uh, in DC is probably the best service band at the moment. I have to say that that we in the UK, our, our three major groupings are the Royal Marines, which is the senior service, and um, if they're representing the Navy, uh, the Army and the Royal Air Force. And I have to say at the moment, I'm I'm completely in agreement with Joe in a way that, that actually the Royal Marines are really on the top of their game and they're doing a brilliant job even though I'm the former senior director of music of the Household Division and you know there's nothing more exciting to me than a red tunic and a bearskin whereas to Joe it's a blue tunic and a white pith helmet <laughs> and then um, um, <laughs> much of the the marching band scene in in the United Kingdom is community banding. So we don't have the great high school program or college music programs that you guys um, 
uh, worked so hard to, to, to develop and maintain here um, in, in the United States. So the majority of banding that goes on in the UK is, is in the community. It's just like what my father started 30 years ago. So we have um, a group of community bands taking part who all um, mostly lean towards the traditional British sort of style of, of performance. We also have a, 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 a more of a show band style band taking part from uh, uh, from Hertfordshire. Um, they just went to the World Music Congress in Kergrada and got a couple of gold medals. So technically, they're the world champions. And what and what I, I really enjoyed most was I speak to all of the directors um, and I always open with the Pride of the Southland are coming. They're, Come on, Britain, what have we got? And, 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 and the British directors just aren't phased about it at all. So it's always, I think this is representation of this, the United Kingdom being this small little island. And it's like, yeah, we'll let them bring it. We'll, we'll, we'll go toe-to-toe with them and, 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 and see how well we can do. So there's this, this kind of spirit of um, 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 uh, not competitiveness, but taking part and being in it together. And, and I think all bands, even though we'll be working together, they'll still have that sense of individual unit pride where they want to be able to um, show, show their best to, to, to each other that are taking part. So, so yeah, community banding, and uh, they're, they're a little bit smaller than what the Pride of the Southland are, but they're all... all uh, very much looking forward to, to lining up alongside the Pride of the Southland and making sure that they're heard and seen also. So that's 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 a it's a great great atmosphere. Yeah, something we said earlier in our, in this podcast as we're talking about um, the Pride of the Southland. Uh, I had some friends round for dinner one night, and I said, "Oh, I'm I'm involved with this." Uh, I said, hey, "Have a look at this," and I showed a clip of the uh, of of the football. And, and the band show. And to a person, they just kind of went, what? That's unreal. How do they do that? How do you control something that's so big and yet so precise and so perfect, both in, you know, in, in musicality and in marching? Uh, parading. I mean, it's something we do not have in the UK. It is unique to the US. We don't do it at all, and so we're just so excited you know, to have to have the band come over and and just show what they can do. And and it's the time of the time of year that you're coming, also. So, if you're going to see a city, you've got to see it at, the, at its very best. You know, you talk about the spin line of a trip of a lifetime. Don't don't go any other time than when it's the best time to be there. And for London, it's the summer. It re- it really is. Um, and, and, and that's when you're coming. So you're, you're hitting it right in right in the sweet spot. Um, daylight hours will, will be uh, at a maximum. Um, it, it's just going to be fantastic. It's going to be the most exciting event. And of course, we have lots of big events going on in London. But then London Band Weeks afterwards. So it's almost like it's a, uh, dare I say, I, I'll be off to the tower for treason. But maybe the coronation is just a warm-up act for the, uh, the pride of the Southland coming over. <laughs> I love that. But, but, but again, Mike, the, you know, uh, Joe's just alluded to events going on in London just in that particular time within a square mile of the hotel it's just packed Mm. with events that are happening happening in the park there's big outdoor concerts taking place there's big events in Trafalgar Square Uh, the Mall's going to be a hive of activity changing the guard at Buckingham Palace and that's before you go into the culture of all the museums and everything else that's going on the place will be bouncing and and, all the students are going to absolutely love it and and then that's actually been one of the challenges so 
we we don't take a cookie cutter approach to 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 anybody's visit to London. So it's about really understanding what your objectives are and recognizing that every band although there's much that unites us every band has its own objectives and goals for a performance tour so it's been you know 12 months of conversation with with Mike and his team to what would you like what would you not not like and then having our own sort of locals uh, you know us putting our own uh, uh, interpretations of well that that that's not a good place to go and you should go here instead and and and, and creating that um, the, the, you know the the itinerary but one of the biggest challenges has been to to, to to colonel jones's point is that there's just so much to do and see how the biggest challenge is how do we fit everything that we want to fit into a a, a six-day um itinerary but um it's a challenge that i think um we're up for and i think the students are going to be up for it as well well and dr stewart um, you know, what's the cost of that to the students? Yeah. What are some things that we're doing as a university and as a um, advancement office to help offset some of those costs? Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, the goal of this trip from the beginning was I wanted as many students to go that could go. I did not want finances to be a concern, you know, and uh, or a student to miss out on this trip because of finances. And, and I know that's easy to just kind of throw out there, but harder to execute. Let me just say from the get-go, the university has been outstanding. The chancellor, uh, her office, um, you know, they have been just so supportive from day one of helping us find ways to do this. And, you know, uh, each student, the cost of the trip total is going to be around $3,500, airfare, you know, hotel, all of that, transportation. And uh, for us, you know, we knew that there would be several students that could uh, financially uh, afford that and just pay it and that's part of a, a almost a summer vacation uh, but we know that you know majority of students need some help and one thing that we didn't want to do was going around and doing the typical band director selling cheese and sausage or mattresses you know the, the typical high school fundraisers uh, because that doesn't really uh, doesn't really show the support that we do get from the university uh, and at the same time, you know, we wanted to be active in the community. So one thing that we've done this year is we are working with the Jones Center and our students are going out and doing community involvement and gaining what they call impact hours. So anything from any com- community events, um, uh, you know, CARM, uh, you know, helping out at their schools, churches, whatever the case is, they raise these hours. And we, we keep track of that through the Jones Center uh, or in, internally if it's, if it's band events. Uh, and then we've really relied uh, heavily on donors as well. They've come out in full force to support us. So that's definitely going to help meet some of the needs of these students. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, the chancellor has been so, so amazing with us and it's definitely going to help us out in the end. And I'm happy to say I don't feel as though we're going to need to leave any students in Knoxville. I believe every student that is able to go is going to be able to make the trip. And I'm very happy for our program with that. And and for all those that have supported us thus far, thank you, thank you. On behalf of the entire band, um, that's the only way we can make this happen is is if we have that financial support. Um, I do have one question in closing for our two special guests. Um, we've got 71 alumni, parents, supporters going on a sold-out trip starting in Scotland, finishing in London for London Band Week. Once they arrive in London, uh, London Joe, you mentioned there's some off the beaten paths, kind of local expert places where people should go. Maybe what's one place from each of you that our guests should try to hit during their free time on their itineraries? Other than Stonehenge, of course. We know that that's a, that's a touchy so, so that one. It yeah. is a personal favorite. <laughs> well, of course, you know, I, I have to go back to my default setting. 
you know, senior director of music of the Royal Household. So um, one of the <clears throat> places that is undervalued and underseen to me is one of the most amazing places is the, the Guards Museum, which is off the Mall. But also next to it, you've got the Guards Museum, which is an incredible space to see. And uh, I think I spoke to Joe about this. And if the alumni wanted to go there as a kind of like a little trip, we could organize for them to go there and to go to the Guards Chapel, which is next door, which is an amazing, it's, you know, it's a royal chapel. You know, we're just across the road from Buckingham Palace and there's been memorial services there and suddenly a member of the royal family just pops in. You know, it's, it's an amazing space. Uh, and we could organise something. I'm sure, Joe, we yeah, could, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, put on a little uh, kind of like a little little bites lunch in between the two, and uh, and I'd be more than happy to step up to the plate and give a uh, a talk uh, whilst they're whilst they're doing this all about it. Because one of the things about the Guards Chapel, uh, sadly, in uh, in 1944, um, a V8 bomb dropped on the uh, on the church. Uh, during the church service, and the band of the Colchian Guards uh, was performing at that time. The director of music, a guy called Causley Windrum, he was having, it was his very last day of service, and it killed him outright. Mm. Yeah, and there was another another hundred, uh, 128 souls lost their lives there, but then it was rebuilt, and, uh, and it's just a wonderful space. And one of the great British traditions, and uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you do it, is we have our colours and our standards, and they're presented, and they they have a life expect not life expectancy they have a life of twenty five years. At the at the end of twenty five years, they're decommissioned, deconsecrated, if you wish, and they they're hung in the guards' chapel, and they hang there all the way at the top until there's nothing left. They just rot on the on the um, on the stems, and it's the most amazing thing to actually see all these. It sounds weird, I know, but all, all these different standards in different uh, steps of decay. But it is—it's history, you know, and it's a marvelous thing to see. So that would be my—that would be my suggestion because it's so different to anything else you can do in London, Joe. How do I follow that? Right, that's a tough oh, one. I don't know. That's I know. One. Beer. That's how we follow that. <laughs> so, um, uh, so you said excluding the big, the big tourist destinations. There's a there's a street called Watling Street, and um, it's a it's a beautiful road. It's cobbled stones, and it leads to St Paul's Cathedral, and it's rather narrow. And there's about seven very decent English pubs on there. And in the evening, everybody stands, it's, it's pedestrianised, so everybody stands out in the street drinking beer, and you can watch the sunset over the back of St. Paul's Cathedral's, uh, uh, St. Paul's Cathedral Dome. And uh, that's a rather, a rather splendid place to be. And you wouldn't know it was there unless you happened to, to stumble across it. It's in the city of London, just around the corner from St. Uh, Baldoff's Church, mm-hmm. which I took the Dr. Stewart to earlier this year, where um, if you are born... Um, in the sound of the bells that ring from that church you are officially declared a cockney um, but yeah just around the corner Watling Street lots of good pubs uh, English beer a little bit warmer uh, than, than what you guys how, how you guys take it here um, but it's a, it's a beautiful way to spend it a few hours in the evening just just relaxing well two excellent re- recommendations and, and gentlemen thank you so much for coming to Knoxville today I know you've got a, a jam-packed schedule um, I know you're thinking of making a visit to Neyland Stadium here in a little bit. Looking forward to it yeah, very much. Absolutely. And Dr. Stewart, I just want to thank you for your partnership um, with our alumni trip. I've I've gotten to know Dr. Stewart over the last, 
uh, six months almost. And I tell people there's not a more student-centered administrator on this campus than Dr. Stewart. And I think this uh, trip to London is a perfect example of, well, thank of what the Pride of the Southland mm-hmm. means to you. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate your support. Well, this podcast is a production of the UT Band Alumni Council and the UT Knoxville Advancement Office. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will talk with you again next time around the ladder.